If you're ready for some word today, then let's get right into it. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, get those out and and uh, let's get into some things. If you're new with us, uh, want to let you know that we've been teaching a series for the last couple of months called uh, Kingdom Rules. Kingdom Rules. The, uh, it appears as we read the, the scriptures and listen to the words of Jesus that the kingdom of God was the most important thing. It's what he preached. He said this gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached around the world before the end comes. Right? And so if he was focused on the kingdom of God, then we ought to be. In fact, he told us our foundation for the series is Matthew 6 and specifically the 33rd verse where Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So we very specifically know what we're supposed to seek, all right, and what we're supposed to seek first. If we ever lack things in our lives, natural things, natural necessities, blessings, things we want, material things, we can certainly identify why we don't have enough of them. Because Jesus said, if you'll do this, you'll have that. If we don't have that, then I have to say, I must not be doing this. That's simple math. Do we need a calculator? <laughs> Seek anything else, don't get the stuff. I like the, tra- the Passion Translation, which reads, So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and His righteousness, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. So this is not an occasional seeking. This is not, hey, it's Sunday, time to think about God again. Time to focus on His kingdom. No, no, He said to do it continually. So that's today and tomorrow and the next day and So apparently you can seek God in other ways than going to church. Apparently seeking God is not just synonymous with, hey, I go to church once a week. I go to church twice a week. I go to my small group. No, it is manifest in many, many ways in life, those being some of them. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, the kingdom of God, like I said, is what Jesus preached. It's what he told us to seek. And if it was... Uh, If it's God's priority, it must be our priority as well. And so we've been identifying, if you will, the rules that govern the kingdom. If I know what the rules are, I can play the game, right? You're going to play basketball, you need to know basketball rules. You're going to play baseball, you need to know baseball rules. If you're going to live in and seek the kingdom of God, you need to know how this game works. Not to trivialize it with the word game. But I need to know the rules that govern his kingdom. And if I know, know them and I function within them, I can thrive in this life. And, and I can adapt my ways to his. When, when God's thoughts become my thoughts, everything works. Think about it. If you thought about married people, if you thought about your spouse with God's mentality, you would be the champion husband the champion wife of, of all of the husbands and wives around, right? Think if whatever you do, you know, for work and so forth, career, if you did that with God's thoughts every day, you, 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 you approached it with his mentality, his ways. You'd be the most successful. You'd be the best employer or employee. Uh, you'd just be outstanding in your field. So it's a, 
definitely a, something we should strive for. I want to do these things the way he does. And that's why, you know, Paul wrote to the Ephesians and said, be imitators of God as dear children. Why would I want to imitate him? <laughs> because he's awesome. Because <laughs> he does everything like really well. Perfect. So uh, him being our role model, God said, how do I even know? Well, that's why he gave us a bunch of things that he said. He gave us his word. He gave us people who followed his word so we can follow their example and thus follow him. And even we look to one another on some level. We have to discern. <laughs> that's not God. But, <laughs> we, but, but still, we have lots of people who are following hard after him every day of their lives. They're role models for us. When you see God's word working for someone else in a way that it's not for you, they're successful in their marriage, in their marriage or their finances or their health or they get their prayers answered and you don't, you start observing or even asking questions. How do you do it? How, how does this work for you? This is not working for me, right? And so he does that for our benefit so we can all walk in his ways. Praise God. Now, if you would, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. There are so many teachings within the life of Jesus about the kingdom that it would take us the rest of the year, you know, just to go through all them. That's not my intent in this series to cover every time the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, you know, was mentioned. Nevertheless, because of an outstanding statement Jesus made in this particular parable, story, I want to reference it, but I'm still not going to go into the details of the teaching, but mainly emphasize one principle. And I'll tell you up front that it's this. The kingdom of God is all about seeds. The principle of seeds and how they are planted in order to produce a desired result, a crop, if you will, a harvest of what is planted. The individual who tries to have a relationship with God and thrive in this kingdom without recognizing and participating in the rules of seeds are going to wonder why things aren't working very well. So Jesus said this in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. Listen, what should you do if you hear that? <laughs> That's deep. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun uh, was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I mean, you've heard, have you heard that statement before? You read, read that before, he who has ears to hear. That fits a lot of topics, but it is kind of the guts, the principle of this thing that he's describing. And it's something we should um, relate to, we should grasp, 
even now? Because he's not talking about physical ears. How many know he wouldn't be speaking to people who didn't have physical ears? He's not talking about whether someone is physically deaf or not. Uh, he's talking about hearing in a, de- in a deeper way. He's talking about spiritual ears or gaining uh, understanding by what is said. Hearing with the heart, if you will. Okay? Uh, he, he makes this statement. And how many know that's true for us? That you can hear today what I'm saying audibly and you can hear what I have to say with your heart. You can hear it inwardly. Is there a difference? Big difference. Some will, some will just hear the audible sounds and fine, yeah, I got that, yeah, whatever. Others will hear inwardly and it'll be, it, can, it will be a life changer. Okay? We want to seek. That's why we come to church by faith. That's why we put our expectation on God to speak, God to move. Because we're not just naturally minded. This is different than learning math than learning science, than learning English. It's just a different type of book. It's a different type of subject. It takes faith to do this. It takes a a hearing ear to get something out of what God is saying. All right. Verse uh, verse 10, Jesus went went on to say, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable, and he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may not seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and lest their sins be forgiven them. So, in short, why did Jesus teach in parables? Well, so that everybody wouldn't get it. But that might seem opposite of what his goal might be. But he spoke this way. He said, I'm telling you these things in parables, so not everyone will understand me. Doesn't that sound odd? That's what he said. He didn't want everybody to understand these amazing kingdom principles. And if you read the whole thing, the end result is, I don't want them to hear it, because if they hear it, they might turn and believe Wait a minute, what? Don't you want them to turn? Don't you want them to believe? It almost sounds like God doesn't want some people to be saved. But you know that's, you know better than that. Right? We read the rest of he, his teaching, the rest of Scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved the, the world, not just you know, a few people in the world. Scripture says multiple places that he, it's not his will that any would perish, right? He loves everybody, wants everybody in. But this language, with a surface reading, you could get the impression that, that, that he doesn't want everybody to hear so they, so they don't get saved. Like, I don't want you close to me, so I'm going to tell you a parable. <laughs> Let's look at this a little closer, though. I want to specifically draw your attention to three words. The first one is the word mystery, okay? He said, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So if I'm going to grasp the kingdom of God, I have to know there is a mysterious element to it, and it is knowable. It is knowable by some people. But that mystery, first of all, the mystery is, could be defined as secret 
or hidden truths. They exist. Not everybody can see them. Not everybody understands. Not, not everybody is aware. It is one Greek dictionary says silence imposed by initiation into religious rites. So the mystery is some silence has been imposed on people. One way to think of this is like what you see in some colleges. They'll have fraternities. And that's the word is, is related to that. A fraternity where when someone joins that group, then they have access to inside information. They are, certain benefits are theirs. But if someone is not a part of that group, they don't have access. They can't know everything. They can't. Uh, partake of all the perks and benefits of those who have joined, who have, you know, signed their name on the line, who have committed themselves to it. All right, does this sound anything like maybe the kingdom of God? It's supposed to, okay? Are you saying those in the kingdom get to understand? Exactly, okay? So it is, it is that mentality with which Jesus is speaking and he said, to you, it's been given to know the mystery, but not those who are on the outside. The second word is I want to draw your attention to is the word around. Around. See, where was that word? Well, uh, when he was alone, verse 10, those around him with the disciples asked him about the parable. What, what does that mean? Those around him not those way over there. Not those who said, huh, cool story. I've got stuff to do. <laughs> Not those who weren't very interested, but those who said, I got to get the rest of this. I, I, I need to hear the, the, the explanation of what he just taught. I, I, I'm staying around. I'm going to see if he's going to explain this to me. Okay, with God, when someone is around him, they get access to more information, more understanding, more perks and benefits of his kingdom. But the person who just wants to casually listen from afar, they just want to, you know, say, yeah, that was a good story, but I don't really understand that. I don't think that really applies to me. Then they talk to their friends. Yeah, Jesus is always doing that. Speaking in circles. Just never explains anything. Yeah, I hear him doing that too. I'm finding a new church. <laughs> I'm going to get myself a new preacher. <laughs> Jesus just doesn't, it, he's so confusing. See, you, people can have a different response to the same message. Some talk about what they don't get, what they don't understand, what they don't know, and this, that, and the other. And others say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come close to him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in near. I'm going to seek more. And, and we should understand that God functions this way. That he answers those who ask him. Those who, Jesus said in another place, uh, those who seek will find. Those who knock will have it opened. Those who ask will receive, right? Not those who sit back and say, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and they just talk about what they don't understand. And too many times people, uh, we, can, we can 
have that same approach where we hear something we don't understand and then we start listening to everybody else who doesn't understand. And nowadays everyone bloviates on social media about things they don't know about. Well, I think this. Well, I think this. Well, this is what I think. Well, I think this. And start judging and questioning everyone's motives and yeah. Right? But those who are close to him, man, that's big. They got the answers. The third word is related. It's the word outside. Mystery around and outside. And he said, but those who are outside, all things come in parables. So is that true? <laughs> yeah. Does that mean God wants people to be outside? No. So I don't know if he wants everyone to even be forgiven. I read that. He doesn't want everyone to be forgiven. No, he does. He just wants them by their own choice to pull up a chair. He wants them by their own choosing to stick around when the meeting's over. When the story's in, over to stick around for the explanation. And for some reason, not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody is interested enough. Not everybody values the things that God says and the, and the, the things that are in his kingdom enough to where they can benefit. They just surface level hear it. They don't press in and they just go away confused. Those who are on the outside, why are they? Why are they on the outside? Well, it's important to know that God doesn't give precious things to those who don't, don't value them. You know, Jesus made a statement in another place. He, he, he said, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. So he's not going to do that. He's not going to give holy things, precious things, valuable things to those who don't appreciate them. You know, pi- pearl in the pig's nose. The, per- the pig doesn't care. Right? And so if you want to understand kingdom principles, here's what he's saying here. Join. Join the family. Sign up. (laughs) Commit your life to him. Say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Pull up a chair when you have something else to do. But Lord, I value this more. Isn't that kind of seeking first the kingdom? I value this more. I value your word more. Your, what you say more than everyone else's opinion. Turn this off. Turn this on. I'm going to pull up. And now Jesus said, okay, let me tell you how this works. Let me tell you about the seed. Let me tell you about the, the soil. Let me tell you about how all these things come together. In fact, if you're still wondering about, I think God is just rejecting some people. He's not. But uh, Matthew's account of this same uh, teaching, it's Matthew 13, 15, the, the verbiage is very clear there where he said, and their eyes they have closed. Why do some people have closed eyes? Well, because they closed them. Why do some not hear? They're not listening. And it, it puts the cause of the closed eyes directly on the people as opposed to blaming God why some people don't get it. I think we ought to stay with that. If you look at verse 13 then, He continues on and says, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And that is such an outstanding statement. What? This is the key to everything else? If I get this, if I understand this principle, if I get this revelation, 
I can now understand everything else you have to say. I better get this one. And then he went on to explain, which we won't take time to, to work our way through the preceding or the following verses here today. But basically, he was teaching them how the seed is God's word or God's word is the seed. And when that seed is implanted in the soil, that is the condition of our hearts. And when the condition of our heart to receive God's word is, you know, is, is right, it's proper, it's in the right condition, it will produce a massive harvest of, harvest of what? Whatever that word to us was. In other words, God's word in us will work. His word in us will produce. But this principle is something we have to get that the, the seed is the foundation of how everything works. All right. Uh, it is it will produce optimum results depending on the condition of our hearts. Now, if that's the case, I need to think seed. I appreciate miracles, instant miracles. We see them right every Sunday. We have healings of different types and answers to prayers many times come very, very quickly and uh, but I have to understand that there, are, there is the instant, there's also the process of our lives. Your entire walk with God, your relationship with Him, and your success in this world is not instant. It is based on this principle of the seed. The seed gets planted, and it's left alone, and you see nothing happening. You get no immediate satisfaction from a seed. Wouldn't that be nice if it, wasn't, if it weren't that way? Hey, I planted an apple tree and whoop. Let's go get an apple. But we know, we've, we've learned that in the physical world, you plant a seed and keg, humdy dum, just water it, keep, it, keep the light on it, all that kind of stuff. And after a long period of time, it's going to start producing. But we think in life in general, with the, in the kingdom of God, it's going to be different. Everything's going to be instant, instant. Well, I... I, I did this. I like gave in the offering. Like last week. And I haven't seen anything. Well, slow down. Everything is about seeds. You think about our physical existence. How many know that started with a seed? We were born physically from the seed. Uh, the scripture tells us in 1 Peter... That we were born again by the incorruptible seed of God's word. We're born again. So born physically, then born again spiritually by, by a seed of God's word. How many know so many people don't come to the Lord the first time they ever hear of God? There are those who do, but many times it's a seed planted. It's a seed planted. And it's been growing, growing, growing. If, you, if you're praying for your you know, friends, relatives to come and know the Lord and you told them about Jesus and you invited them to church and they're blowing you off. Don't give up on that. What? You didn't get your apples yet? You know, let that seed work in there. Let that seed work and then speak to them again. That'd be watering that seed. And, and some of these things take time. But uh, we see in the scripture that financial giving is referred to as seed. Okay. It takes time, but it, it produces. We see, uh, you know, Galatians chapter 6 tells us that whatever we sow, 
that will we, that's what we will reap. You can sow to the flesh. You can sow to the spirit. But our lives are about sowing. They're about planting seeds. And then, therefore, we could say the future of our lives, our future is about what we've planted in the past. Okay? What I planted before is what I live in today. What I want tomorrow, I ought to be thinking about the types of seeds that I'm planting now. And I know that's not real, uh, a real positive words to those who want instant change. And you're not hopeless because there are miracles from God. Don't get me wrong there. Things can change very quickly. But I'm talking about looking at life in the big picture, the long term. We've got to have a seed mentality. You know, some just have a need mentality. I need, I need, I need. Think about seeds. What can you plant? That's how the kingdom of God will work for you. Jesus even taught us that faith is as a seed. He said if your faith, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you'd say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and so forth. You can accomplish great things when you have seed in your thinking, in your words, in your believing, in your giving. All these things are connected. Now, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes. You don't need to turn, but listen to this. Chapter 7 and verse 10, do not say why were the former days better than these, for you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Consider that statement. People are talking about the way things used to be. Oh, my life years ago, it was so much better. They talk about the good old days. There are so many people longing for the past. They long for earlier days in their life. They think, oh, that was wonderful then. Today, not so wonderful. Not so good. And and as I was pondering uh, these principles and asking why do so many individuals think that way? Why do they long for the past? This is what, uh, where my mind went, that when someone is sowing bad seed, it can be enjoyable. But the reaping of the harvest of those bad seeds is not so fun. Not so fun. And so many times people look to their former days and they think, yeah, I was doing some things that weren't so good. They weren't exactly godly. But I was, ter- I was still happy. That's because sowing those kind of seeds can be enjoyable. But we're talking about harvest time now. And the reaping of what we've sown, yeah, that's going to be a problem. This is sometimes referred to as sowing your wild oats. Well, if you sow wild oats, what's your crop? Wild oat crop. If you sow, you know, and and while you're sowing them, you might be having a good time just living large, huh? But reaping is coming. What if you sow good oats? Then in in your future, you will have glorious breakfast cereal. (laughs) You get oatmeal, huh? But otherwise, you just get weeds. And some people in their latter days are living in the weeds. And we've got to go back to the principle of saying, what do I want? 
I'm going to sow that. I'm going I'm to prepare for my future by thinking in terms of seeds. Even, even Moses, it was said of him uh, that in Hebrews 11.25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. What, what does that say? That sin is pleasurable for, you know, a while. I used to enjoy it. What were you doing? <laughs> because that's not going to last. It's all going to be temporary, this sin that is pleasurable for a season. All right, now let's go back to planting and, and using the seed. We can do this on purpose. We can be intentional, thinking about our future, thinking about what is to come, thinking about the type of crop we want to have in our lives and sow towards it. All right. If we are going to do this, let's understand the principle of, of sowing or we could say giving in this way. And sometimes we've interrupted this process, this kingdom mentality, because we've reinterpreted or refashioned what sowing really is. Okay? There's a difference between giving and buying. When you buy something, you are trading, let's say, your dollars for a product or a service. You're, if I give money to you, I'm expecting you to do something for me. Right? Build me a house. <laughs> Give me your car. Whatever. I'm trading something uh, for something else. That's buying. We understand how that works. Giving is not supposed to re resemble that at all. When someone really sows, they plant, they give, there is nothing to be expected from that individual back. If so, you bought it. In other words, when we sow, we turn loose. We let go. We're, we're, not, we're not requiring anything. We don't have any expectations on those to whom we gave. When, when Paul was speaking about resurrection and the body being resurrected, he used this principle, and, and he said in 1 Corinthians 15, 36, Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. There is something about a seed to where it dies to you. And if it doesn't die to you, it's not going to do the seed thing that you need it to do. It's got to be released, let go completely. Um, the opposite example. You know, I've done so much for you. And this is how you repay me. I've given you so much. And this is how you repay me. Wait a minute. If you're expecting repayment, then you never gave them anything. You loaned it to them. Or you bought some kind of behavior. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so many of us, we think, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving to this person, I'm giving this, I'm giving my life to this one, I'm helping this person. And then we're, we're putting expectations on them to do something back for us. And I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, that is, you're breaking the rules. You didn't give anything to them. It's kind of like when God gives, he really gives. When, we taught this in a recent series, but when God gave control of the earth to Adam, dominion, so forth, he really gave it to him. 
And how do we know that? Well, because when Adam sinned, disobeyed, ate the wrong tr- of the wrong tree, God didn't jump in the middle of it and say, whoa, 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 no, you don't. I thought I could trust you with this. I'm just taking this back. Why didn't God take it back? Because he gave it. If you give it, you can't get it back. If you gave it, so he, God steps in and says, oh, what did you do? I gave you this whole thing. I gave you authority. And you gave it to Satan? And God still didn't jump in and take it back. Satan, you rascal. <clears throat> I'm taking the keys back. No. It took thousands of years and then Jesus coming and dying before Jesus could go to hell and take the keys back. God literally gave it away. Therefore, Adam could do whatever he wanted with it. Remember Romans 9? The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. That means when God gives something, it's done given. It's not loaned out. So our thinking regarding giving needs to be that way, whether we're given to our kids, given to a friend. You know, uh, I've heard this said in other places. Our church, you know, we just, you guys are better than this. <laughs> but I have heard of this, people doing this. They say, I've given a lot to this church. I've given so much and, and I, I want to have a say around here and what happens. <laughs> now, hold on. What does that reveal about the giver? They weren't a giver. They were buying influence. They were buying position. They were buying a voice. They wanted something in return, which means all their giving, it was not seed. Nothing ever died. They tried to control things. Amen. If you want to buy something, buy away. If you want to loan something, fine. But if you want to give something, if you want to give into the kingdom of God, if you want to give to the Lord by giving to another person, it really has to be a gift. We're not looking for repayment. Do you require recognition for the things that you do? The things that you give to other people, whether that's help or money or anything. Do you require, are, are, you, one, are you one to, you know, when you give someone something and you hand it to them, go ahead. What do you say? Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> did, did you see what I did there? It wasn't really given because I was requiring him to say thank you. I'll give it to you when, when I know that you're thankful. Well, that's up to the other person whether they're thankful or not. If you're going to give to them, you just give to them. Well, what if they don't appreciate it? Well, then why did you give? It's, it was your decision to give to them or not. But if you get them to get a gift, make it a gift. And if they appreciate it, that's irrelevant. If they do the right thing with it, that's irrelevant. You see, I need to obey God. And if I can stand before God and say, you know, I did the right thing with what you gave to me, and that's, that's the end of it. Can I, can I tell you inside baseball a little bit with, with pastoring? Pastors sometimes have to do this with people. Because if you take responsibility for everyone's behavior, it'll knock you out of the ministry in a minute. I have to, con- take, I have to console my own soul, I guess, 
with this many times. Because you see some people, they take the word and run with it, and their life has changed forever. And you see others just blow off half the things you say, meaning the word. And I have to, I have to settle in my heart sometimes that I did, if I did, you know, that's on me, I did what God gave me to do. I did what he told me to do. I shared what he gave me to share. I taught, I said, I spoke, I acted in such a way that was doing what he gave me to do. Now, whether someone else does something with that or not, I'm going to have to leave that alone. Otherwise, I can't sleep. You know what I'm talking about? You take responsibility for everyone else's actions. That's not what we do. When we give, we give. Now it's yours. What are you going to do with it? And that's money. That's you know, love. See, we, we can sow all kinds of good things for our own future. I want to sow love, forgiveness, non-judgmentalness, because I don't want people doing all that stuff to me. So I want to sow that for other people. I want to, I, I want to help other people. Why? Because I'm probably going to need some help in the future. And if I help someone else in an area where I can see it, I give it to them. And now they owe me. Well, I owe you one. No, you don't owe me one. You know, if I do something for you and you tell me you owe me, no, you, you don't have to mess, up, mess with my seed. <laughs> I wasn't buying you. I wasn't trading you. You owe me zero. Nada. Well, I've given a lot of my money to the kingdom of God. And, and what? If you let it die, it's a seed and it'll work for you. Praise God. Sow faithfulness. Sow the things that you want to reap in your life. Amen. And that's how the kingdom of God works. If we can think that way, every day I'm sowing. Every day I'm planting. Different things in different ways to different people at different times. And I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing. I tell you what, just knowing the principle causes my expectation to go up for my life. I'm going to be in, have greater faith for the future. Why? Because I'm doing the word. This is how the kingdom works. If I, if I want, you know, if we want a good garden and we don't keep planting things in the garden each spring, come fall, there's, why would you expect something to be there? But if you're doing the job, you're doing, planting the seeds, if this fall we're all going to be okay. Going to have lots of jalapenos. <laughs> and other things that I don't want. <laughs> Amen. Oh, God is good. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your love, for your kindness. Thank you for your faithfulness towards us. Lord, we just believe in these principles that you've set them forth and revealed them to us for our own benefit so we could enjoy your best all of our days, so we could walk in your very best, your divine favor and approval. And thank you, Lord, for working in us today, working in these individuals, these people today, helping us to see. We're going to pull up our chair, draw close to you, and hear what you have to say, and understand your ways, so we can function in your kingdom to the full with optimum success.